Welcome to Success AF Customer Success Podcast Series. We heard your feedback and in Series 3, we're going to double-click on some of the key skills needed to excel in customer success. We will continue to bring you short, insightful discussions and interviews and consider where cultural nuances may introduce a different perspective. I'm JD. And this is Elena. And today we dive into data and storytelling. Joining us today is Director of Success Strategy at Zendesk, Harry Ray. Yay, I am super excited to have Harry as our guest today. Um, I've worked with Harry for a few years now, and she is one of my favorite people to work with uh, because she has such an interesting background coming into customer success. So she studied economics. She's got a master in, I love this, history and philosophy of science, technology, and medicine. And she also worked in a combination of finance, advertising, before moving into uh, customer success and now strategy and operations in customer success, success. And if you look at her experience, it's across both creative as well as analytical domains. And Harry is able to bring stories to life using data. And it's clear from that background in science that she also has a love of visual arts and that makes storytelling through data a really great topic for, for Harry. She's so clearly passionate about it. So welcome. Thank you for joining us today, Harry. Thank you so much for the introduction and thanks for having me. So welcome once again, Harry. So in our last two episodes, we actually talked about customer orientation and strategic alignment. They are fundamental skills for customer success. Now we're going to put some meat on the bones and demonstrate uh, how do we see things from a customer's perspective? How do we demonstrate that strategic alignment? And it is an area where I really see Harry excelling in, in that ability to distill data and use it in a compelling narrative that does just that. As a result, it also demonstrates business acumen and builds trust of previous episodes. So Harry, how can we use data to demonstrate strategic alignment with customers? Yeah, so I think the first thing as a success professional is really to understand what our customers' goals and objectives are. I think that what we want to make sure is that when we're using data, we're using it to develop meaningful and sort of resonant insights. And so by having that grounding in what the customer's strategic objectives are, what we're trying to do and why, how can we use the data to sort of support or contradict what we're trying to achieve? So I tend to think that a really useful model is to think about the data information insights pyramid. And that's sort of a, almost like a sort of Maslow's hierarchy of needs for data. Yeah. And so what that does is it sort of takes the bottom layer, which is thinking about sort of the, the data that goes into something. And then the middle layer, we see the sort of information layer. And then what we're always trying to do is to turn that into meaningful insights, which lives at the top of the pyramid. And that's a useful way of thinking about data because we know that data on its own is just numbers and it's kind of, you know, so what? We know that we've got some numbers about something, but what we really want to understand is, well, what does that tell us and how can we turn that into information? And in turn, how can we turn that information into insights? And also in a way that people kind of care about, right? Like, okay, sure, you've given me some numbers, whatever. 
That's exactly right. And it's kind of like we always want to be having those conversations with our customers where we show that we understand their business, but also we help them in turn to understand their business. And so we want to be talking about insights so that we can ensure that we're looking at the data with a lens that sort of questions, well, how can we improve, but also kind of what strategies can we deploy to, um, to show that performance improvement? So I always think that it's useful to think in analogies um, and I love gardening. And so I thought we could use a gardening analogy to think about this data information insights pyramid. If we think about sort of as a gardener, okay, so I've, I've planted some tomato, um, tomato seeds and what I really want to do, my strategic objective is to maximize my tomato crop. And so we can think about the data, right? We've got a number of tomato plants and some of them have got some flowers on. On top of that, we can start to layer in a bit more information. So we've got our external context. So we've got the sunshine and some of our plants are in the sun and some are in a, a bit more of a shadier spot. We've got our internal context as well. And that might be, you know, how we're influencing the growth of these tomatoes. So I've put some fertilizer on some of these tomatoes. Um, and then we can start to think about, okay, so we've got some information now. We've got some tomato plants and we've got a number of flowers. We've got some, um, we've got some data that we can look at and we can really start to think, well, what are the trends? So what conditions yield the most flowers? And suddenly we've got quite a rich information layer. We can start to analyze the kind of number of flowers on each plant versus their conditions. And we can start to sort of build up a picture, but what, do is we want to turn that into insights and so we can start to really think about well what other factors are playing a role are there other variables that might be influencing my tomato um my tomato crop you know are there um are there plenty of bees around are the flowers getting pollinated is there good drainage what are these other conditions that might be influencing what's going on and as soon as i start to look at the data with that kind of lens i can really use that story to build up a rich insightful picture and we can really start to think about well, what's influencing our strategic objective to create this bumper crop of tomatoes so that we can start to optimize and meet our goals wow i cannot wait to see this crop <laughs> Some great work going into that yeah. crop. Wonderful. That is a great analogy. It helps to highlight oftentimes we, I think as success professionals can look at data and we're used to deriving and seeing the insights immediately. And we need to go beyond just presenting that data and inferred insights and actually spell them out for our customers in, in exactly that way that relates back to their strategic objectives. Um, so on that, Harry, you know, how do you use this data once you have it? Yeah, and I think that's a great point. We want to make sure that we're, you know, we're not looking at the data in a way that's sort of um, superficial. We want to make sure that we are asking the right questions and we really are kind of truly analyzing it to show us what's going on. And um, part of that is thinking about, well, what are we trying to do with our data? So first of all, you know, there's, there's different ways that you can use data. One way is to think about data as a kind of scientific or data analysis as a scientific method. So 
understanding what the outcome or result was, and then analyzing the data to see how you got there. So thinking about it objectively, if you like. Another way of thinking about data analysis is sort of like, well, how can we support or negate the result that we're seeing? And how can we sort of build up a bit of a story? So in success, we want to be able to look at the data objectively um, because we want to be able to see what that really tells us about our customer's business. So, you know, what's the data telling us? Is it good or is it bad? And are we supporting a positive or a negative performance impact? And we've got to be really careful that we don't take the data um, at face value and make assumptions based on the information. We all like to tell positive stories and it's <laughs> great when we see a positive customer outcome and when we have to um, have a conversation with our customer where we're not seeing the outcome that we want or even worse when we're seeing a negative outcome. And in success, I think it's really important that we're there to help our customers to be successful but of course it's our job to guide them through that and you know as a success professional we really want to be able to have those kind of trusting transparent conversations it's tempting to try and find a data that builds up a positive picture but that's not always going to be a great way of building trust and so we've got to be really careful that we don't just kind of mine the data to show the result that we want the way that i think about this is we can think about negative performance trends as an opportunity. And that's really kind of a great conversation starter with a customer to ask why and to interrogate what they're seeing or what we're seeing to validate what those kind of other influences are. And then of course, kind of develop strategies um, to think about what may have a positive impact and how you can generate that positive performance outcome. Yeah, I really like that, Harry. It's almost like peeling the onion, uh, a theme that we talk about a lot mm. on our podcast, right? Coming down to that root cause analysis. That's right. I think with data analysis, you know, there's so many layers that you can go into. And I think when you can have those kind of insightful conversations with your customer, then I think you can really start to understand all aspects of or other aspects of their business to really build up that kind of rich picture of what's really going on. think of an example to sort of um, bring this to life in a um, success context and I was thinking okay so let's say I've got a customer who runs a support team and from their data I can see that they're onboarding their agents in less time than it took them a year ago and so I'm, I might think well that's a great thing you know they're spending less on their operations because they're getting their agents up to speed more quickly and so less on their training and they've sort of got a team that's ready to go in fewer days but this is where it's kind of like, well, it might be a good thing, but you probably need to understand more. Um, I mean, it, it could be a good thing. Your agents are getting up to speed in three weeks instead of four. But what is actually going on when I have a conversation with my customer is that, well, actually four out of those six agent teams are taking a normal four weeks. But then two of those teams are taking much less time. They're only taking two weeks to get up to speed. The teams that are taking the less time are doing something that's that's shortcutting their um, and what they're trying to do is they're trying to get their agents addressing their backlog of tickets more quickly because that's become urgent. Actually, that's probably not a good thing. And what they're seeing is that their CSAT's much lower than the other four teams. 
And so you can start to see that, well, I mean, great, their agents are onboarding more quickly. That's a great story. But on the other hand, it's influencing their customer experience negatively. And so really, when we start to understand what's actually going on, there's a little bit more to it than that. And it's such a great opportunity as well to demonstrate that curiosity about their business and to validate, okay, you've said that your primary objective is a high CSAT and a positive customer experience, but you're choosing to, in this case, sacrifice that by addressing the backlog. Well, maybe that is what they've decided in the short term, but the insight is maybe they haven't realized that that's the sacrifice that they're making. Maybe they haven't drawn those two pieces together. That's exactly right. And I think that's why it is so important that we understand our customers' strategic objectives so that then when we look at the data, we can start to see, well, how does this influence not just, you know, one KPI, but how does it influence the other KPIs as well? And really building up that sort of that full picture. There's, there's an interesting guy, actually, his name's um, Edward Simpson, and um, he puts this point, he, he sort of talks about this phenomenon that he's identified really succinctly. And he's, he talks about this idea that you need to really sort of apply good sort of world intuition to data when you're analyzing it so that we don't make these kind of assumptions. He's an interesting guy who's a statistician and one of the former code breakers at Bletchley Park. So I'm sure he's had a lot of experience with this. And yeah, he talks about this idea of you need to be skeptical when you're looking at data and you need to apply a kind of real world context to ensure that you're avoiding some of those kind of biases that you might otherwise apply. It's interesting, there was another quote that you mentioned earlier, Harry, and referring to the art of data science. And that seems like such a counterintuitive turn of phrase. But if it's science, how can there be art? And yet, so often art and science are intricately linked in that way. And I think this is a great example of where that is. I think so. I mean, you know, it's similar to sort of, we talk about creative accountants, don't we? <laughs> when we sort of think about, you know, we think about numbers as being fixed and static and, and sort of, um, and rational. But of course, you know, when we start to do data analysis, there's so many different ways that we can look at the numbers that we really do have this ability to be creative. And so this is where we need to be really true to our customers' objectives to ensure that we're always analysing with the right lens and with the right um, perspective to make sure that we've got a good good idea of what's really going on. Yeah. And, and so, you know, this episode is really talking a lot about telling, teaching other customer success professionals about that paradox, but also that balance. So how do we actually use this data to tell a good story, Harry? This is kind of one of my favorite topics. I love sort of thinking about how we can use data to tell a good story. And it's something that I do a lot in my work. So to Elena's last point, art meets science when it comes to kind of data storytelling. And it is something where you need to practice thinking about how you can use data creatively. There's a few ways of doing it. And um, I'll sort of talk about a couple of the ways that I think about how you can tell a good story um, using data. So the first one, obviously, you've got to think about who your audience is, and you want to be able to tell a story that's going to resonate with them. So 
I live in Melbourne and in Melbourne we have trams. That's our form of transport over here. <laughs> um, we have a highly pedestrianized CBD. We all know that trams are heavy, trams and pedestrians are not a great mix. And obviously kind of, we need to make sure that people are safe around trams. And um, Yarra Trams, who are the um, transport operator over here, they've got a great way of using data to tell a really resonant idea. And, you know, they could say, look, we want you to be safe. So, you know, watch out for trams. They weigh 50 tons. So uh, maybe, maybe just look before you cross the road. But 50 tons is a number which doesn't really mean that much to me. I personally don't really know what <laughs> weighs. <laughs> I can't really it. But what they actually say is they have this great campaign. Um, and what they actually say is a tram weighs the same as 30 rhinos. And then they have these trams that have these pictures of rhinoceros. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That is powerful. It's good, right? Because you can yeah. immediately kind of think <laughs> about well, how's it going to feel to be hit by 30 rhinos. <laughs> yeah. Not great. <laughs> so there's other ways that we can do that as well. And we want to make sure that we're kind of making the data interesting and bringing it to life. Okay, numbers on their own, so what? But what we really want to do is we, we want to tell a story. And so we can tell a story by using words or we can tell a story visually. Um, I often use analogies as well when it comes to storytelling. I always think that that's useful. But when we think about how we can bring the data to life, it's often so, it's such a great way if we can kind of wrap a story around it and kind of weave the data in. A really good example of this, which I would highly recommend watching if you haven't seen it, is a video called The Power of Ten. And that is a fun little video short that uh, Charles and Ray Eames, who were mid-century furniture makers, the Eames chairs people <laughs> made funny videos as well, or kind of bizarre, quirky, creative videos. And they did this, this fantastic video that describes the notion of scale. And what they wanted to do was they wanted to tell the story of kind of like what the power of 10 means. And every time you multiply something by 10, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And conversely, every time you divide something by 10, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And what they did was they visualized that in this fantastic video where they start with this shot of two people lying on a picnic rug in a park in Chicago and that's their meter by one meter box. And then every 10 seconds, they zoom out times 10 and zoom out and zoom out until they're just a little speck on the ground. And then they zoom out until you can see the kind of shape of the earth and oh. the sort of blue and the brown. And then they zoom out and zoom out and zoom out until you're sort of wild universe. Um, and it's just a really kind of cool way of visualizing kind of what that power of 10 means. Mm. And then they zoom right back in again and, and zoom right down to the sort of cellular atomic level. They go through the park and right into the sort of grass and the um, sort of organic matter and, and go right down into the into the cells. And it's just a really cool, fun way of, of sort of, I don't know why they created that video, but I think it <laughs> blew our minds. <laughs> I'm definitely looking it up after this. Yeah. So yeah, another way, another good way I think of thinking about how we can 
bring the data to life is to kind of think about how we can shift the perspective. Mm. So what we add in that's going to add to that story, or maybe think, maybe prompt us to think about things a little differently. There's a really nice story that um, the author Daniel Pink tells. It's a story about two ad execs who are walking through Central Park and they come across a blind man who's begging for money and he's holding a sign that reads, I'm blind. And this guy hasn't collected many coins. He's kind of got a, a dwindling um, little coin collection. And the ad executives decided that they wanted to help. And so they asked the man if they could make some small changes to his sign. So the, the blind man let them have a go and they added four simple words. And then suddenly the execs noticed that number of people were giving this blind man money and by the end of the day the blind man had this kind of heap of coins in front of him which was completely unexpected and so what the ad execs did was they did something really simple and they just added the four words it's springtime and I'm black and so immediately thinking about my experience compared to the blind man's experience I can imagine what springtime feels like and what I can see. And this blind man can't see the experience of spring. And so that's immediately really compelling and resonates with the experience that I have. And so just by adding that kind of single piece of data in, it's able to tell a really powerful story. And it's interesting as well, each of these examples, not having seen any of them, but I also have a really powerful visualization associated with each of those examples, just from listening to you talk and tell me these things, which I'm also going to go away and Google now. Um, so thank you, Harry, so much for, for joining us today and sharing your insights. Again, one of my favorite topics always. Uh, and just to summarize in terms of how we can best use data uh, so we need to make it meaningful to our customers for that strategic alignment. And we need to look at it in its real world context and with skepticism. And then finally, the, the, this last piece at the end, considering how you can resonate with your audience and bring that data to life. And that might be using visuals or layering it with other information. So thank you to Harry. Thank you, JD. Um, thank you to all of our listeners. Um, please do remember to like or follow Success AF on your favorite podcast platform.